Baby Got Backlog. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Baby Got Backlog. Baby Got Backlog. Backlog. So you were playing Pokemon with your friends the other day. You're playing Pokemon with your pals the other day. And he's going, you know, I caught a Starly. Actually, I caught 10 Starlies, and I got my research level all the way up. But then I was like, what am I supposed to do about Staraptor? So an NPC <laughs> gives you a quest the other day. Gives you a quest the other day. They wanted and you he's to- going out and he's going out and he's saying, Would you go out and catch me tens wormples? And I'm like, You want me to catch you tens wormples? What are you gonna do with all those wormples? You're gonna evolve them all into a bunch of beautifliers? <laughs> Blinking quickly. Squirrely Dan, you caught ten wormples. You cut out mad hard. Can you say everything oh, you just no, said again? That was sad. Blinking quickly, like he does. Squirrely Dan, <laughs> you caught ten wormples. Yes. Uh, hold on one second. I should have a better internet connection now to hear you better, because you were cutting out like crazy. This should be better. Better is what I put on my bagels. Is that a brand of creme cheese nope. that I'm not aware of? Nope, just something that came out of my mouth just now. <laughs> just a thing that I said that I'll forever regret. Yeah, because now it's, it's recorded on, forever. Now it's on radio internet. Internet radio. It's on live live radio internet. <laughs> live pre-recorded radio internet. <laughs> Which is what we call podcasts. <laughs> Oh, man. By the way, I don't know if you're like me, but like I will be alone in the car and I will do bits from Letterkenny <laughs> like that to myself. Yep. Like no one's there. And I'm just doing whole conversations uh, as Squirrely Dan playing Pokemon, talking to Daryl and uh, Wayne. It's great. I do that, but I'm Wayne when I do it. <laughs> I, I do all of them. I alternate the voices and like do like a whole scene. <laughs> um, okay, we went too long. Welcome this is to Baby, Baby Got, Got Backlog. <laughs> we went on for like three minutes. My name's Andy. I'm Trevor. Uh, and today on the show, we are talking about Pokemon Legends Arceus. Uh, the premise of the show is that we give each other a game from our backlog. We play the game. We report back. We talk about the games. Tell each other what we learned. Tell each other that it was friendship the whole way. It was friendship the whole time. It was what we were really searching for. And then, uh, uh, except for today, no, today's different because this is a Baby Got Front Log because we have both played this game and we figured it was a good time to discuss it because uh, it's in the ether, it's relevant, and this is uh, this is the time, you know? That's right. Uh, This is a a segment we're going to be doing on occasion when Andy and I have games that actually align. Yeah, because, I mean, why not? It was technically on both of our backlogs, and we played it. So, here we are. That's good. Yeah, because we don't ever play the same games except for Pokemon exclusively, pretty much. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's, that's accurate, and I didn't realize that until just this moment. But before we delve into that... A little bit of gaming news to talk about. E3, the biggest gaming convention of the year, has been canceled for 2022. It has. Can you tell me why? Because I don't know why it's been canceled. 
so I I kind of glazed through this interview or the article interview article, um, but I know that it's it's been canceled physically the past couple of years due to COVID, but now it's being canceled digitally, and I'm wondering because again I didn't really read the article actively. Um, I can't help but wonder if it's being canceled canceled digitally because they couldn't get enough developers who like were willing to participate because over the past several years, pre even pre COVID, like PlayStation's dropped out, um, Xbox has been doing like smaller presentations and leaving it up to like their indie studios that they've absorbed over the years. So E three's just been kind of shrinking and shrinking and shrinking and apparently it's coming back next year. But as of right now, is fully canceled. Wow, that's that's actually wild. I didn't know that it was canceled digitally as well. I thought the in person was canceled all the way, baby, gone. That, that's crazy. I wonder if this has a lot more to do with the fact that E three just receives a ton of backlash and has been criticized for bad practices and and things like that. I wonder if this might be potentially the downfall of E3 that we're seeing, to be honest. I don't know if that's the case. Yeah, I think there's a lot of factors that are kind of working against E3 as a convention. And I mean, la- uh, last year or or 2020, maybe, um, IGN kind of did their own version of E3 called Summer of Gaming. I think that's what they called it. But it was kind of the same thing where they just talk about like gaming news and new games that are coming out and next-gen stuff and so like out of the ashes is is ign's kind of version of it that i i guess is going to replace it or something Hmm. yeah i mean i don't know i don't know if i have a lot of feelings about e3 for me personally i kind of love what nintendo has begun to do in the last couple years which is literally just like Here's a trailer. It's up on YouTube. The game drops in a month or whatever. Uh, for me, that seems like a great way to get my news. I like it when they have big presentations where they're like, tomorrow there's a big presentation. It's 40 minutes and you get all of their announcements in one. Um, I'm sure plenty of people are sad that E3 is going away. But I've never been to one or felt a certain way about it. Have you? So I've never I've never been to one. It's always been kind of on my bucket list, and I guess it will stay there forever now. Uh, it's <laughs> it's on its own bucket list, uh, but I I watch it every year and I I enjoy it. I mean, it's it's interesting to see like the different games that are in development, and then you know, um, what's his name comes out uh, from Bethesda, and he's like, hey, guess what? It's been fifteen years, but we're releasing Skyrim again and everyone's still excited about it. And I always, I always get a kick out of like watching E3 and seeing like what's on the, what's on the menu for the next couple of years in gaming. And, um, and just to circle back a smidge, like what you were saying about Nintendo doing their presentations, uh, PlayStation's really followed suit with that. They do state of plays way more now and they, they do like big presentations and that's why they pulled out of E3 a couple of years ago because they were just like, well, we're just going to do our own thing because we can. 
Yeah. I don't know if it's just me. The whole thing feels a little awkward. I think I watched... What did we watch last year? I don't think it was E3, but me, you, and a friend of ours were texting about it. There were, like, musical presentations, and then he said he hated Imagine Dragons because Imagine Dragons played. That wasn't E3, was it? No, I think that was the Game Awards. Yeah, it was the Game Awards. And, like, I don't really watch E3 or the Game Awards, but as I was watching it, it I was like, man... This is such an awkward energy. Is it just me? It's like all these executives come out in suits and they're like, oh, duh, duh, duh. it's like, come on. We just want to see the game. Even the developers would be better than you in your awkward suit. That's, that's <laughs> We how saw I, Will Arnett, which was cool. Yeah, kind of randomly. That's how I feel about most award shows. Well, every award show. That's how I feel about like, um, it's just, they're always so awkward and fudged and like, here's a celebrity you don't care about to tell you something that you might care about. And they're like, hey, do you remember that time that airplane food was like a big joke and everyone pretends to laugh and they're like, Haha, yeah, and then they <laughs> pick on people. Like, it's just such a weird culture that's been cultivated. Yeah, so I don't know. I guess what I'm saying is I feel the same about E3 presentations that I've seen. Is It, it feels like an awkward thing to me personally, like... I'm like, I'm here for the announcements, but I'm not here for some balding white dude who uh, has billions of dollars. <laughs> yeah. Go away, Todd Howard. That's his name. Are we are we gonna get like <clears throat> are we gonna get like burnt to the ground for criticizing E three? Are all the gamers gonna come from my head? I don't even know how people feel about E three. <laughs> I, I think people feel about E three the the way I feel about E three, where it's like, I enjoy it, but it's not in my blood. Okay. You know what I mean? I hope not. Watch, this will be the first time we get any emails on the podcast, and it'll just be people like, how dare you criticize Todd Howard? He's my hero. We're going to end up he on national two, news. He has two first names. I only have one. He's my hero. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have a I have a fascination with when people have two first names. It really tickles me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get that. My last name is Smith, and this guy's got two first names. How dare you? Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so anyway, I had a question to ask you. Okay, hit me. Which was literally a question that I was just asked because my fiance's friend, Angela, is hanging out. She came to visit, and she's like me, where she only has a Nintendo Switch. And she asked me, oh, you have a PS4. Um, I've been thinking about getting an Xbox or a PS, like a PlayStation. How do you feel about that choice? Like you definitely feel like you would go PlayStation. And what I said to her was, well, this PlayStation was donated to me by the podcast. I didn't choose, but then it got me thinking about which one I would recommend to her. And I figured I would ask you because you would probably have better insight into that question. Okay, so I want to I want to start this by saying this is a very loaded question, and I wish I would have had time to think about this before recording. Um, I have a short answer, but there's a longer answer also, so I'll try and meet myself in the middle. Um, the short answer is I would probably lean towards PlayStation, and I think the reason for that is because uh, I've just been more of a PlayStation person most of my life. I have every iteration of the PlayStation, uh, excluding PS5. I have one, two, three, the PSP and the PS4. Um, 
And so I've just been playing PlayStation for as long as I can remember. So I think that's part of it. But I also find, I, I find certain things about the PlayStation to be a little more, um, just a little more user-friendly. Uh, and historically, like Xbox has always had, not always, X, Xbox has had more like hardware issues than PlayStation has had. Like, um, I don't know if you remember, like the Xbox 360 always had like the red ring of death. And then I think there was an equivalent on the first iteration of the Xbox one. It had some like hardware issue that would cause them to crash or something. Um, yeah. So like for those reasons, I, I would lean towards PlayStation, but everyone has a personal preference. And, you know, if you like Halo, like you're probably going to lean towards Xbox more. Or if you like God of War as a franchise, you're probably going to lead towards PlayStation because that's an exclusive. So like, I don't know, that's a that's a very loaded question. But for me personally, I would probably mm-hmm. go PlayStation. Yeah, I basically told her two things, which was number one. That if I had to choose, there's a big part of me that might get an Xbox and buy zero games, but buy Game Pass. Because for $15 a month, depending on the type of person you are, like consider the fact that a ton of games are going to be $60 out the gate. So for $15 a month, even if you're playing two new games, that's a better value than buying a single $60 game. And I play a ton of indie games, so that was kind of my response, is if you think that's a good value for your money, that might be a better route. Um, And then I followed up with, well, it really depends on the console exclusives, because I don't know the ins and outs of, like, oh, well, if you love Ratchet and Clank, you want a PlayStation, obviously, but I don't know as well what games are exclusive or worth buying from one console versus the other. Yeah, that's fair. And yeah. that's that's a that's a good point that you bring up Game Pass and uh and on top of that they have like Game Pass Ultimate. So if you're a PC gamer too, like you can for a little more money, I think it's like twenty now, um, you can have Game Pass on console and PC. Yeah, I mean, I've never considered getting an Xbox, but recently I've heard a lot of people just being like Game Pass is an insane value, especially if you're the type of person who plays indie games. Um, And there's tons of people who are like, I like I was listening to Nintendo Life, for example, the other day. Someone was like, I never would have played Hollow Knight. I would have never considered it, but it was on Game Pass um, and I played it. And it's one of my favorite games of all time. And I think Hollow Knight is like a $15 game. (laughs) So it's like without buying it you've already spent the price of it and there's tons of other games to access so i don't know i figured that was interesting to ask you um and uh you definitely leaned playstation which is interesting i had no idea what you were going to say to be honest (laughs) yeah i mean honestly so i have both and i honestly could not i was just telling someone this last night i honestly could not tell you the last time i played my poor xbox like i honestly feel really bad for my xbox because it kind of just sits there and sits there huh that's pretty interesting and i feel bad for it like you know maybe today i'll play a game on xbox for a little bit just yeah just so it doesn't feel so neglected yeah just to give it a couple little like back scratches you know it's like it's just so your xbox isn't like the only thing i'm good for is halo (laughs) 
<laughs> I have to sit we all next know to the PlayStation and watch him play it. It's because I don't have God of War. We all know that's all you're good for, Xbox is Halo. We all know it. You know it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love that Like in the early 2000s, the, the big dig at Xbox gamers was to call the Xbox the Halo box. That's so funny to me. <laughs> Yeah, in uh, in college, I had a friend who had an Xbox, and he called it the Netflix machine. <laughs> that's even better. Um, yeah, that's right, because Xbox was like the first to get Netflix as a console. That was like a big deal at the time. Yeah, well, that's all he used it for. Yeah, right. All right, so let's get into uh, Pokemon, Pokemon Legends RKUs. So, I didn't know this fun fact. The reason that they don't call it Pokemon Legends Arceus is because in any other English-speaking country like Scotland or England, that sounds like a curse word. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. That does make sense. Because <laughs> I, I always was like, it's supposed to be Arceus. And then people were like, yeah, but they changed it to Arceus so it wouldn't sound like but. And I was like, that's a valid, a valid point. Yeah, that's a really good point. You got there. Yeah. I don't want it. I don't want it to be Pokemon Legends, but that would be a bad name for this game. What Unless it? you don't like it. Unless you don't like it, in which case it would be a great name for it. Would that be a an actively bad name for it? Is just to call it Pokemon Legends? No, no, Pokemon Legends, but Oh yeah, that's a bad name. <laughs> I was like, what, what is Trevor saying right now? I was so confused. I was confused by what you were saying, but you're right. Yeah, yeah. Pokemon so, Legends, Foot Fungus. Foot. <laughs> Pokemon Legends, uh, Armpit Cream. Oh. <laughs> oh, God. I'm sorry to anybody who is listening to us speak for any reason. You I should had, turn this podcast off. <laughs> I had one more, but I'm not going to say it. All right, Trevor, tell us what tell us about Pokemon uh, Legends Arceus. If you've never played it or heard of it, what is it? Give us the breakdown. Okay, um, Pokemon Pokemon Legends Arceus uh, follows a young person who falls through a space rift and uh, lands in a lands in a strange and new land in a strange and old time, and and God gives you a cell phone. <laughs> Yeah, the first thing that happens is God descends from the heavens and he's like, my child, I know you've just fallen through time and space. Here, take this cell phone so you don't feel so cold and alone in this cold and alone world. <laughs> take this iPhone furnished by Apple. Like it's, literally, he gives you a cell phone. That's it's, not a joke at all. It's dangerous to go alone. Take this phone. <laughs> I'm actually Steve Jobs coming to you from the afterlife. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best headcanon for this game is that it's actually steve jobs and not arceus and he's giving you an iphone <laughs> trust daddy jobs and take the cell phone i made sourced in california <laughs> okay so he gives you a phone and then what happens so steve jobs gives you <laughs> Nintendo's first cell phone. <laughs> I can't deal. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so 
Jobs gives you Nintendo's first Apple phone. (laughs) And he basically is like, hey, you're in a world where Pokemon are dangerous at this point. Um, So go go along. Have fun. Good luck. I'll call you. Don't call me. Because you can't. It doesn't make outbound calls. It only takes incoming calls. It's like yeah, a, and you get the text messages from him, and you're like, "Green bubble, what the hell is that about?" It's like a reverse <laughs> life alert. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, so he sends you. He Wait, sends it's you a on beeper. Your way. It's a beeper, <laughs> dude. It's a beeper. <laughs> That's true, isn't it? You just get random beeps and boops, and you have to decipher them. That's true. <laughs> oh my god! This world we've created. Oh, so you get a beeper from God, <coughs> from Daddy um, Steve Jobs. Yeah, and you you end up <clears throat> in this uh, mysterious town that's clearly, I don't know, a few a few uh, decades, centuries, like a few hundred years before the Pokemon worlds that we traditionally know. Um, it's sort of set in the wilderness in a world where Pokemon are dangerous uh, and sort of mysterious. And you join this team, uh, Team Galaxy. Uh, Fully of adults who are like, hey, child who just fell from sky, um, we want you to work for us. Yeah, and by the way, the first character who gives you your first mission is like, you're probably going to die, and that's cool with us, so good luck. Do you remember that? She says that to you. (laughs) Yeah, she's like, she's basically (laughs) like... um, this is super dangerous and I'm an adult, but I'm, I'm going to make you do it. Cause I'm, cause I'm scared. Yeah. Cause I'm real, I'm real scared of that Pidgey over there. It might peck at my face and I might die. So you go do it. Shinks are terrifying. Have you seen them? They're little puppies. Puppies bite. That is funny. Don't they do that at the beginning? It's like a Bidoof and it's like, Oh my God, look at it. It's horrifying. And it's just like, <laughs> look at those giant monstrous teeth. And Bidoof's like, hi, <laughs> so uh yeah so basically in this game <clears throat> as opposed to i'm sorry if my if i'm coughing and clearing my throat i'm like a little bit sick and i'm doing my best so i apologize in advance gross yeah it's horrifying uh so instead of battling your way through a bunch of gyms you are part of one of the first teams to create the first pokédex <laughs> and learn as much as you can about pokemon um that's basically it um that's what the gameplay revolves around uh you have to catch and battle pokemon there's a bunch of different uh realms and areas that you can explore and you're basically supposed to research the world and learn about pokemon and uh, learn as much as you can in the world does that about sum it up right yes yes it's it's just a little more advanced than every other pokemon game before it in story yeah, yeah, it is a little bit more advanced, and they they definitely made a conscious effort to shake up the formula and make a bunch of gameplay changes. Uh, it's a very fresh, original take on the concept of Pokemon because, I mean, they they just don't know anything about Pokemon. Like the townsfolk don't know anything about Pokemon; they're terrified of them, uh, as opposed to running into them in the wild and being forced into a random battle. Um, you can catch Pokemon with just by throwing a Pokeball at them, um, and you're the one hiding in the grass as opposed to the Pokemon. My <laughs> um, how the turntables. Yeah, uh, and that's pretty much it. How do you feel in general about 
just sort of the fresh formula that they have created. You know, in general, I, I really like it. And I do think this is, I keep, when people ask me how I feel about this game, I tell them uh, that this is the most original Pokemon game since Pokemon Red and Blue. That's true. Yeah. And and that's maybe a slight exaggeration because before this game, that game would probably have been Sun and Moon, Pokemon Sun and Moon, because um, that formula felt a little more fresh. I think so, too. Um, but, like, do you like it? Do you think it's interesting, cool? <clears throat> I do. Um, I do like it overall, and I think that, I think that this is going to open the doors for, uh, you know, much like there's a mystery dungeon franchise with Pokemon, I think this is going to open the door for Pokemon Legends, and then, you know, they'll do some legendary after it, like Pokemon Legends Deoxys or whatever, or like Pokemon Legends Mewtwo or whatever. Like, I think this is going to open a lot of doors for the Pokemon franchise, and that's really good. Yeah, I think it's a good thing, and it does feel like a direct... To all of the fans who have been with the franchise since you were a kid, like us, and who feel like the games weren't fresh or original, this feels like a direct answer to everybody. Like, here you go, it's a fresh new take, uh, to the point where <clears throat> I feel like this game really expects you to know the Pokemon franchise really well, right off the bat, and they kind of make a lot of choices that subvert your expectations as a way to say, like, this is a fresh take. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Because it's like, I, I don't know how to describe it, but but I I agree with what you're saying and, and like, the sentiment of that. Like, you, you literally are thrown into this world, and they're like, okay, here are some Pokeballs, here's your Pokedex, and go get them, Tiger. Yeah, and they don't really tutorial. I mean, there is a bit of a tutorial at the beginning of all the new stuff, but mm -hmm. in terms of of battling and leveling up and all of the normal Pokemon stuff, they kind of just expect you to know it. Um, they expect you to know how to battle. Uh, the battles are definitely more challenging in general, I think, which is part of them expecting you to know Pokemon. They ju they just don't hold your hand as much out of the gate. Once you get over that first hump of like, here's what this world is and here's what to expect, they kind of just let you loose, which is cool. It's exciting. Yeah, it feels it feels a lot more fresh than Pokemon has in a very long time. And and that's excuse me. And that feels very good. Like I, you know, you and I have talked about this a lot where Pokemon has gone from like having you solve these fun little puzzles to holding your hand through like shape matching basically <laughs> in terms <laughs> yes. of like what the puzzles have become. And now like, and there's, you know, there's not a lot of puzzles in this game, but there are things for you to figure out on your own and they let you do that. And that feels good. Yeah. That being said, I want to say up top that <clears throat> Like, where it stands now, I'm really not 100% sure how I feel about this game. And, like, I'm excited to talk about it and hopefully land in a more definitive place of how I feel about it. Because I was really excited about it when it came out, really liked it. Now I feel like the game has been out long enough that the dust is settling. And it's like, I can have a more uh, 
deep and like honest conversation about the things in this game to sort of say like how I feel. Cause I'm just not sure how I feel about it, to be honest. Do you? No, I I'm, I'm exactly where you are. Like this game, this game feels good and new and fresh for Pokemon, but not for any other game. Like if this, if this was made by any, any other developer or uh, any other company was publishing it, like I would look at this game and be like, what, what it like what is this but it's pokemon and so when you jump from what pokemon's been doing for 25 years to this it's like oh okay yeah this is a new take this is something different um this looks better than they have over the past 20 some odd years um whereas you know if you put it against like mario odyssey like this game does not look great really <laughs> It looks horrible. <laughs> like it, it really it really looks awful. <laughs> yeah. I, like for for a while again, me getting a PS4 was like getting out of a relationship where I've been gaslit for 20 years. Like I went back to playing this game after I had beaten God of War for our last episode <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god. Oh no. This game looks it like it's really not excusable in any sense of the word. The only thing that I can say that's redeeming about the visuals is that their focus for the visuals was making the Pokemon look good. And for the most part, the Pokemon do look pretty good. Um, like, I guess if you had to pick, what, what should look better, the Pokemon or the world you're exploring? Probably the Pokemon, because it's Pokemon. But they still don't really look that great, and the world looks awful. It really looks bad. <laughs> yeah, like, yes, the Pokemon should look good. And they, like you said, they look fine. But the world should look finished also. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I'm I'm the type of person who's okay with fine. Things are going to pop in from the distance. Like that has never bothered me in a game until this one because something will be like 10 feet away and it'll pop in. And you'll be like, that is so close to me to pop in from being rendered. It looks horrible. The, the other thing that's been really irking me about this game and like the way it looks, and I don't know if you've noticed this, um, there are certain areas or like it happens a lot in the cutscenes where if you were to look at the background, there might be like like a pillar in the foreground, right? And then there's a background behind that. You can see the separation of the background and the foreground. And I, I like I can't unsee it. I see it every time now. Like I it's hard to explain. Like if I were to hold like if I were to hold a piece of black paper against my black phone and then just put like a strip of white out between the two, you'd be like, oh yeah, there's like a separation between those two items. Huh. I have not noticed what you're talking about, but I believe you that that looks awful. When when we get into the spoiler section, I can talk more about this um, because it happens in one specific cutscene and area that I don't want to spoil yet. Um, but like it happens a couple times. And the first time I saw it, like now I can't unsee it. I see it all the time. I see it everywhere in the world. I see it in every cutscene, <laughs> And like, it's really kind of not ruining the game for me, but it's certainly knocking it down a couple pegs. Yeah. And I feel like the other thing that's important about it too, is not that it looks horrible, which it does, but that the, the rendering distance actually interferes with the gameplay. 
one example was there's a mission pretty early where you have to find three Bidoofs throughout the town. Did you do this mission? In the town? I don't think so. So it's it's pretty, you know, cut and dry. <laughs> One of the characters is like, oh, there's this, there's this uh, gang of Bidoofs that's been coming in the town and roughing a bunch of people up. And you're like, all right, first of all, if they're getting roughed up by Bidoofs, you might want to, these people might want to like, get it toughen up a little bit but so you have to go around the town and find these three bidoofs one of the bidoofs is in well i won't say where it is but it's in an area that i didn't see the bidoof from a distance until i walked all the way it's in like the corner of one of the corners of the town and you don't see it until you walk into the corner and i spent like an hour and a half looking for this bidoof and then when i found it i was like oh it's because the rendering distance is so poor that i couldn't see that bidoof until i walked right next to it like that interfered with the gameplay horribly um like it actively made the experience worse and just to say also like when you can't see the Pokemon from a really far distance, that interferes with it too because one of the things that's interesting is you might be like, oh, that's a cool Pokemon. I'm going to go find that Pokemon and catch it. But if you can't see them, um, unless you're really close, it interferes with the gameplay first and foremost, you know? Yes, I, I agree with that. Like I, at one point, as as a testimony to what you're saying, I was, uh, you don't get a bike in this Pokemon game. You get a ride Pokemon, which is way better. Um, so I'm, I'm riding the ride Pokemon weird deer and I ran directly into an alpha. And for those of you who haven't played the game, alpha Pokemon are much higher level than you typically very, very strong, like will mess you up. And I rode directly into one and there was no avoiding it because by the time I saw it, it was there and I was like, Oh God. And ran directly into its face. Yeah. So, yeah, the game doesn't look great. I think that's not a super hot take, but like it did take me a while to land on that because when it started, I was like, oh, it looks okay. The Pokemon look good. But when it started to actually interfere with the gameplay, like you're pointing out running into an alpha, it's like, that's really not uh, cool. (laughs) Yeah. The other the other thing that really irks me about this game is, you know, in in the advertisements and the marketing and everything around this game before its launch, it was, hey, this is Pokemon's first truly open world game. Is it? Is it truly open world? Because you have to, in order to go from one area to the next area, you have to go back to the main village, like the hub of this game, basically, and then fast travel out of the main hub to the other world you want to go to. Is that open world truly? No, it's not. And anyone anyone who disagrees... I will argue this all day long. I disagree. Do you really? Uh, <laughs> yeah, because <clears throat> um, I guess I don't know strictly what makes a game open world, but I don't think having loading zones makes it not open world. It's not, it's, it's not the loading zones that bother me. It's the way that it happens. Like if I was traveling from one area to the next area, like of course there, there could be some loading time between that, but I don't think I should have to backtrack like from one area of the world to the main hub of the game back out into a different area of the game. I don't think it's fair to call that open world. Like if I had a loading time between zone one and zone two, fine. But to go from zone one to hub to zone two to hub to zone three, I, 
I think that's asinine. It is definitely asinine. I don't know. I agree with you. It seems like a needlessly like obtuse way to travel around the world. I don't know if it disqualifies it as an open world, but I get what you're saying that it it really pulls you out of the feeling that you can go to anywhere in the world when you want to because the game is like, well, you can't go there yet. You got to go stop by home first and get dinner and a granola bar and say hi to mom. And it's like, but I don't want to go home, say hi to mom. I just want to go over to Dan's house, play Pokemon. It's like, but you got to go home first. It, it really like takes away from that feeling. I think a lot. I get what you're saying. Yeah. And, you know, by definition, it might not disqualify it from being an open world game, but it certainly makes it feel like it's not an open world game to me. Yes. Yes. I get exactly what you're saying. Yeah. So anyone email Trevor. He'll fight you about it. Let's talk Uh, about (laughs) it. Let's go. I'm ready. I'm feisty. Yeah. And I, I guess I guess I wonder how people feel about it being open world in general, because I think the game, it it does a lot of things like that. I mean, it is linear, and I think lots of open-world games do kind of open up little by little, but it's not the experience that people were imagining, which was, you know, going to be, I hate to say, compare this game at all to Breath of the Wild, but people were (laughs) imagining that it was going to be the Breath of the Wild of Pokemon, where it was one giant world. You could go anywhere you wanted from the beginning, and there was tons to discover. And they they didn't... I don't even know if they really promised that to players, but they definitely didn't deliver it, and lots of people were expecting or hoping for that sort of experience. That that promise was never verbalized, but it was shown, like... You know, it was described as Pokemon's first open world game. It was shown to look like you could do that. And so, like, that that promise wasn't made on a verbal level, but that promise was made in the advertisement and the marketing for this game. And so, like, I, I, when I discovered that that's how that mechanic works, like, that, that really, like, took, took me out of this honestly, like, really interesting world that they've created for Pokemon. It really took me out of that and made me like the game just a little less because, like, it just it feels like such a chore to go to, like, truly explore this world. Yeah, and I think it's fair. I think what you're saying is really fair that, like, they very specifically evoked Breath of the Wild in their marketing and advertising. Like, the art style is... Um, emulating Breath of the Wild and the box art is and it, it seems like they really were leaning on that in the way they presented the game so I think it is fair to say that they promised it in some way but yeah I get I get what you're saying I feel like we're being a little negative I w- I'm curious if <clears throat> someone who is a Pokemon player or even someone who's never played Pokemon would you say to them you should play this game yes you think so? Yes. This this game overall is pretty good. Like, yes, it has its problems, and every game has its problems. No game is perfect. But this game also has a lot going for it, uh, especially if you are a Pokemon fan. Like, the, the catching mechanic feels very fun and fresh. Um, I think it's an interesting concept to have the Pokemon be, like, more, um, more like, animated and... Uh, unique in that like they they will attack you like i like that um this game has a lot going for it i think yeah i think for me too like 
it's a really exciting feeling because it's the first Pokemon game that you actually feel when you're playing it like what the intention was 25 years ago, which is that you're standing right next to all the Pokemon. You can let them out of their Pokeballs whenever you want. They're in the world right next to you, and even when you battle, it happens in the world with no transition. So, like, I think that by itself is just such an exciting thing to see if you've been a Pokemon fan your whole life. And, like, they pulled that off. Like, it feels cool. You feel immersed in the world of Pokemon um, in a way that no other game has done, and for that, it's really exciting, you know? Yeah, I, I agree with that. The other thing that this game does within the world of Pokemon that I really like, um, it solidifies some lore that you've discovered in other Pokemon games. It also, it also adds lore and gives it more depth. And like you, you feel like you understand the world better. Like specifically what I'm referring to is, um, some of the, some of the new regional forms in this game, um, does something really interesting because, you know, like think, think dinosaurs, right? Dinosaurs existed. We don't have them anymore. And so like to have those, those different regional forms of like Voltorb or like Typhlosion or whatever, um, adds a layer of depth to the Pokemon world. Cause it's like, Oh, you know, like Pokemon can become extinct the same way, like real animals can become extinct. And I think that that's a very subtle, but interesting thing to add to the world. Yeah. I also like too that, um, the concept to build on what you're saying, the concept that the people in the town don't know anything about Pokemon and they're learning it for the first time. Like there's a ton of missions that are just like townsfolk have never seen this Pokemon. They want to see it. Uh, they want this Pokemon to help them with a job. There's one in particular where there's three different townsfolk <clears throat> arguing about the Pokemon Burmy, which Burmy has, I think, three or four different forms. And they're like, no, I've seen a Burmy. It's yeah. this color and it looks this way. And so you have to catch a Burmy of every form and bring it to them. Like that, that is the type of mission and type of thing that makes you feel like, oh, this is so cool. I feel immersed in this world with these people who don't know anything about Pokemon, like they're learning it with yeah. me. I, I love that. I, I agree with you. I think like I think that that type of thing is really fresh uh in this world. And like there's uh there's a similar mission where uh the the like Pokemon nurse or whatever like asks you about Krogunk and wants you to bring her a Krogunk because like the poison that Krogunk uses can be made to like do other things for Pokemon. And like, that's really interesting. Like you're basically helping her create like potions and stuff by just giving her this Krogunk that people like don't understand. Like, I just, I think this concept is really interesting. Yeah, it's cool. Um, it's definitely the focus of the game is so much less on battling, um, and more about the world and learning about Pokemon, which I think I think is good, but I also feel a little bit torn about it as well. How do you feel about the focus away from battling? So, yeah, I, this is a good question. Cause like, obviously battling has been a big part of the Pokemon mythos, you know, for 25 years. And 
to pull the focus away from battling is a very interesting and bold choice. Um, I don't hate it. I do wish there were more opportunities for battling because, you know, like, especially with getting all these new regional forms, like you want to use them. And so like to, to pull the, to pull the focus away from battling, but give you all these different type pairings for Pokemon that you're familiar with. Like, I don't know. I, I flip flop on it a lot. Like I wish there were more opportunities for you to go to people you've already met and just have like a constant option to like battle these people that you meet during the story. Um, as opposed to hoping that one of the NPCs will ask you to battle. Yeah, which is ironic because if you ask me, this is maybe the best that battling has ever been. That too. Um, Especially, I think one of the best things that they ever did, and I can't believe that any Pokemon game hasn't done it, is that you can swap your moves at any time from a pool of moves. Dude. Such a relief. And there's a place that you can go to constantly teach your Pokemon new moves that are part of their move pool if you have enough points. And so, like, that felt so great because you could, like, I remember... Typhlosion has a cool move pool. Like you can get like a bunch of dark moves, ghost moves, and like even electric moves, and you can add those to your pool permanently. And then later, if you're like, oh man, like I lost this battle, but I'm gonna try it again. Now I'm gonna give my Typhlosion that electric move, which will give me a better edge. So I think they made battling so good in this game, um, especially with the agile and the strong styles. Mm-hmm. It is a shame that you don't do as much battling until later in the game. Yeah. Yeah, couldn't agree more. And also, I think this is one thing that I thought about a lot in the game, which I think I think in a weird way is a good design choice because, well, let me say what I'm trying to say before I dive into why. Um, so, like, later in the game, it's almost... You, there are more challenging battles at a certain point in this game, and it's more often a smarter choice to go out and catch a strong alpha Pokemon than it is to raise a Pokemon. Like, for example, since pretty early in the game, I had a Gallade, um, and then, like, I was just doing one of the later areas in the game, and I ran into an alpha Gallade that was, like, 15 levels stronger than my Gallade, (laughs) and I just caught it. And threw away my Gallade that I had had since the second area because that was just a better choice. And I I feel torn about that because if the focus of the game is catching Pokemon and research, then it kind of makes sense that going out and finding a strong Pokemon is the best way to strengthen your team. But it is a little sad because it, it... I personally love the feeling of like, oh, I've had this Pokemon since level five and now he's like level 75 and he's yeah. super awesome. Yeah, that, um, that was always a staple to me, too, in Pokemon. It's like, I raised this thing from a baby. Yeah, and in this game, for me, like, towards the end, it it was just like, oh, I found this Pokemon. I'm just going to catch this strong alpha, and then your team is instantly stronger. It, it didn't feel quite as satisfying to me, though. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, the only thing that helped me with that is what I went into the game thinking and wanting to do, which was to not use a team that I've used before. Like, um, I, I used, I used Luxray for a while, but then I told myself like, no, you always use Luxray, like pick a different Pokemon, like use one of the new regional forms. 
And then eventually I, I caught an alpha gabite and evolved it into a Garchomp and was like, no, you always use Garchomp. Like everybody uses Garchomp and yes, he's an alpha and yes, he's really strong, but just like try, just try using different Pokemon. So now I have a team of, I think all new Pokemon. Like I think they're all regional forms save for one, maybe. Hmm. But I agree with what you're saying. It's ironic because I never used Luxray, but I did use Luxray in this game. Really? You never <laughs> use Luxray? It, yeah, no. Oh, he's I mean, so he's really good. only accessible in like Diamond Pearl, right? I don't is he in every single game? No. He's he was made in Diamond Pearl. Yeah. No, I've never really used Luxray before. Um but I did use him in this game. He's one of the few that I caught a Shinx in the first area and I used him the whole game. Mm. Uh yeah, I'm trying to think of what else we can go into before we go into spoiler territory. Well, I have one. Sure. So the other thing that this game does differently, uh, and this has really only happened once before in a Pokemon game, they did away with gyms in this game, and instead you fight um, the Lord Pokemon or the the nobles. And uh, I thought that was an interesting take too because it does a couple things like, a, obviously it changes the way you progress in the game. Like you don't have to necessarily um, fight a whole team. You kind of just have to fight one specific Pokemon, which is interesting. The other thing it does is shows you like, it shows you Pokemon that didn't exist before. Like, you know, the um, you meet uh, Cleavor first and that's like a new Pokemon and you get to see like what it's capable of and what it looks like and I mean for me it was kind of like at some point I'm getting this Pokemon because this Pokemon's dope yeah yeah I would say I liked the Lord Pokemon or the whatever the heck they're called I don't know why I can never remember you just said what they're called the nobles <laughs> yeah the nobles I would say I liked them as boss battles uh, I think people are very mixed on them but I thought it was cool to, they're like throwing crap at you. You have to dodge out of the way. Like that feels cool to like fight a Pokemon that way, like mono mono where they're like raining lightning down on you and you're like, huh, huh, and getting scared. It was cool. Right. I liked them. Yeah, I agree. And again, like that's very different for Pokemon. You've never had to like dodge anything before. Right. I think, um, I think my overall take and this this might be the way we'll wrap up the spoiler-free part unless you have more. I think my overall take is if you like Pokemon, it's a cool game. It's a fun experience. They did a lot to consciously change up the formula, which feels exciting. Like, it feels like the first time that, like, Pokemon is exciting. Like, even when you go to a new area, and you're like, oh, my God, it's a Wooper. I've never seen a Wooper before. Like, because you just don't know. In every other Pokemon game, you walk into Route 2, and you're like, all right, I know I'm going to see a bird, and I know I'm going to see a ferret. Like, you just know every game <laughs> is exactly the same paint by numbers. This is the first time that you're like, oh, my God, a Ponyta. Like, that shouldn't be exciting. But it's exciting because you never know what Pokemon are there. Um... So it is a fresh take. I think it's worth playing, but it does feel like um, they were testing a concept is ultimately what I think. Yeah. And it, I think for the most part, it's a good concept and it's a fun game. Yeah, I would agree with that overall. I, I don't have much to add. 
Um, yeah, I think I think that's a good way to to wrap that up. Yeah, I think it's worth playing. I think people should play it, especially if you like Pokemon. But it it makes me feel excited for whatever the next Legends game is because this game was very successful, which to me says the Pokemon company is going to be like, all right, uh, let's do another one and make it better. And that's going to be, I think, super exciting, hopefully. Right. I mean, this game is already influencing the next gen with Scarlet and Violet, um, which has already been announced to be open world. So... I'm interesting to interested to see like what that looks like. Yeah. All right. So starting at this moment, spoilers are over. Well, no, spoilers are starting. Uh, you should only listen to this part if you've completed the game and you're not afraid of spoilers. Spoilers. So we're going to start with the thing that I tormented Trevor with. Did you ever <laughs> figure out the legend of the sea? Okay, listen. Yes, but not because not because I'm smart, because I Googled it, because it was bothering me so much that I was like, I need to know what this is. Like, I need to know. I need to know. So I Googled it. So you didn't figure it out. You Googled it. I Googled it. I didn't figure it out. Okay. I did it. That's fine. I did it after I Googled it, but I didn't figure it out on my own because I'm not that smart. So... For anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, there's a mission in the game you get pretty early. Professor, who's it, what's it? What's his name? Yeah, that one. He gives you a mission that's like the mystery of the sea, and all he says to you is, go figure out the mystery of the sea. There was some mysterious Pokemon. And I was like, oh, man, like I'm going to figure this out because I'm the type of person, I don't Google anything, I don't spoil anything, especially puzzles. I was like, I'm going to figure it out. And then when I finished the game... Like, when I got to the point where I was done playing, one of my friends was talking to me about it, and he was like, do you want me to spoil it? And I was like, yeah, spoil it. And he was like, yeah, well, basically, the only way you would know what to do, you have to go to this area with three or four specific Pokemon, and the only way you would know that is because the solution is in Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. And I was like, really? Nobody in the game anywhere alludes to you. They're just like, go figure out the mystery of the sea. It's going to be pretty sweet. You're going to want to figure it out. Something cool is there for you, we can promise. And then it's like, no one in the game tells you that the only way to figure it out is by owning another game. I was pretty ticked about it. (laughs) Yeah, and so even, even like having played Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, like I, why would I think, like, why would I think to look in a different game? Why would I think that? And it's like, and like in one I specific kind of, area, it's in a specific book in that game. Like I would never in a million years would I be like, oh, there's a book in this house, in this town, in a different game that I need to look. Which I think might have been exciting 20 years ago before the internet because that's the kind of thing that one of your friends might have said to you like oh man I found this book in this game we should try it in Pokemon Legends Arceus or something Mm -hmm. and if you stumbled upon that by yourself as a kid you probably would have freaked out at how cool that was but in a game where now it's the age of the internet and you google it you just feel like really how would anyone have thought of that and no one in the game tells you like you might want to like even if some npc was like you might want to look for this in a different way or something but there's no hint they just say go figure out the mystery of the sea and then you just will never figure it out it feels a little bit of a letdown to me yeah if if they have had alluded at all like oh there's this book with a a 
brilliant diamond and a shining pearl. Like that would have been a hint to be like, maybe I need to look in this other game for some book. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of the post game with all the legendaries and stuff, they tried to capture that a little bit because there's, you know, a lot of legendaries you can find after you beat the main game and there's like more secrets and stuff. Mm -hmm. It didn't really capture that magic for me. It felt a little bit like dry still. I don't know. Yeah. You know, the the post game is kind of interesting, but the post game kind of feels like, hey, did you play Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl? No. Well, guess what? Now you can in this game. Yeah, it's the it's a lot of the same legendaries just rehashed. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the way you do things like, you know, the three lake Pokemon, like that's verbatim, which like to some extent is kind of interesting because it's like, OK, well, you know, they're showing consistency through the world. But on the other hand, it's like, yeah, I played this game like 15 years ago. I get it. <laughs> yeah. And maybe it's just that had those had they been more interesting to do, it might've felt okay, but it literally is like, go to the three lakes, like just like you do in time and in Pearl. It's like, go to the three lakes and catch the Pokemon. The lakes that have the same name over the course of like a thousand years, (laughs) like the region's not even named the same. Why are these lakes the same name? Yeah, I agree with you though. I like the consistency between the worlds, but it, I think that's one of the things I struggle with with this game is the the way that it ended left me with not a good impression. Like, I, I don't feel like I have... Like, in my memory, it sticks out as a bit of a lame experience because it ended in a lame way. But when I think about the beginning of the game and what I did throughout the game, I remember that it was really fun. But I don't love how it left you. Um... I basically, did you do the Giratina mission? No. Is that after you oh. collect all the plates? Is yeah. that with that? Okay. Um, I'm almost done with it. Yeah, I mean, do you know who the bad guy is? I mean, I assume it's Giratina. Okay, so I'll, I'll say this. There's a bit of a, ooh, that's... I have an there's idea. There's a bad guy. And I, I will say this. I liked the Giratina fight because it's hard. Mm -hmm. Like it's really hard. I lost that fight maybe like six or seven times. Really? Yes. And that's like the first time that's happened since I was like six. Like it's, it's really tough. I think that's a good mission. Um, with the exception of the Giratina mission, I think the rest are lame. Um, I think it's after Giratina, but I'm not sure. Did you get to like Thunderous and Landorus and all that? No, jazz? no, no, not yet. I was I was collecting the plates because I assumed that it was Giratina that you're working up towards with the plates. And then something is said while you're collecting the plates that made me go, this guy's a bad guy. <laughs> this guy seems like not a uh, super nice man. Yeah, you said something a little shady there, friend. Huh. Um, yeah, which I had kind of seen coming since way early in the game, personally. I th- um, I thought it way early. I think we're talking about the same person. Well, this is spoilers. Is it, um, uh, the heck is his name? Vo- Volos? Volo? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, so at the beginning of the game, I was like, okay, you mean something. But then the more you see him, the more you're like, whatever. Like, why are you even here? But then he says something while you're collecting the plates that you're like, 
what are you up to? What are you doing? What is this? Yeah, I rem- I kind of figured it out when the uh, the lady who's guiding you says to Volo, like, bro, why are you hanging out watching this whole thing? Like, you don't have anything to do with this. Why are you just observing? And that's when I was like, oh, he's just hanging around to get the jump on you. Mm-hmm. So anyway, you do Giratina, and then she's like, oh, Thunderous and Landorus, you know, more Diamond and Pearl stuff. Um, Thunderous and Landorus are out there in the world, and I think I caught one of them, but then I couldn't figure out where the other two were, and even though she told you, she wouldn't tell you again. And I was like, well, I'm not going to just run. I think I did run around for a good four or five more hours after that, like catching some Pokemon and trying to, you know, update my Pokedex and finish it more. But then I kind of just dropped off. Like it felt like there wasn't that much more to do or accomplish. Um, it kind of just fell flat for me at the end, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Kind of in that vein, like, so you beat the main campaign and then Arceus calls you and he's like, catch all Pokemon and my immediate I said this out loud to myself in an empty room I went yeah I'm not going to be doing that yeah it's and to be honest when this game started I was like I like this game enough that I'm going to try and catch all the Pokemon and then once you get to that point where I probably only had like 15 more I was pretty close because you know if you're being diligent throughout the game and catching every Pokemon you see you'll get most of it done but then some of them were just evolutions that I didn't know how to do or Munchlax, which for some reason I searched for three hours to find a Munchlax and I never could. I don't know why I couldn't find one, but I just couldn't. <laughs> um, and the game even tells you, like, you can go to the Pokedex and it's like, oh, he's in this area in these places. And you go to them and I just never found him for some reason. Which is really funny to me because the day you had told me this at one point, the day before you told me about the Munchlax thing, I caught an Alpha Munchlax. And so <laughs> you you told me that and I, I thought that was really funny because I had just caught one. Yeah. Yeah, I never. So it, it that's definitely like there's kind of a precipitous drop at the end of this game, at least for me, which I wish it ended in a clearer way because there's a lot about this game that is fun, but I don't know. Yeah. Is that kind of how you felt? Yeah. And you know, I, I know, I know why they did this, but for a game that's called Pokemon legends, Arceus, they make it really hard to get to Arceus. Finish the Pokedex yeah. to find the Pokemon, the the box, basically the box Pokemon. Like, what? Yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess considering the whole point of the game is to catch and research all the Pokemon, but you do have a point that, like, a lot, probably the majority of people aren't going to do that. At least I don't think so. Finishing the Pokedex has been a Pokemon mission for 25 years. But for for the box Pokemon to be the end goal of that, like that feels a little like what? I I don't Wait. but I don't want to. Like if yeah, they like, if they had made made Giratina like, you know, finish the Pokedex and you meet Giratina and collect all the plates and you meet Arceus, like, okay, yeah, sure. That makes sense to me. But to have the title Pokemon be the end goal for catching every freaking 
Pokemon in this game because there's a lot in this game. They added Pokemon, like, yeah, that's a big that would task. Yeah, that would be like if in the original games you couldn't fight the Elite Four until you caught all of the Pokemon in the Pokedex. <laughs> right. Hey, you're going to be the Pokemon champion, but not until you do this very <laughs> difficult thing. It's tedious and it's not fun. That's why it's not for everybody, kid. And you're like, but what? Why would you say that? It should be for everyone if that's the thing that everyone is meant to do. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and it, uh, shoot, I was going to say something and then I lost my train of thought. You keep talking. You had more to say, right? Uh, I can. I just, like, that was kind of weird to me. Um, what else can I say about this? Um, I already talked about the traveling mechanic that really irked me. Um, they make it difficult to catch some of the Pokemon, which, like, I get. Like, I saw a Togetic at one point and I was having a hard time throwing Pokeballs at it because you can't throw Pokeballs from Braviary, but you also... Yeah, which is like, why not? (laughs) Right, because you can throw them from Basculegion. (laughs) Yes. Not from Braviary. And and the flying... Like, you... You see a Gyarados really early in the game that's flying through the air, and your first thought is, oh, cool, when I can fly through the air later, I'll be able to catch him easier. But no, he's not any easier. (laughs) You just have to catch him from the ground. I thought the same thing. I saw a Magneton before I had had Braviary and was like, oh, I can't wait to catch that when I have Braviary. And then got a Braviary, saw this Togetek, tried to throw a Pokeball, and was like, what? Yeah, it's like, wait a minute, why? But I can do it from Basculegion. Right. Yeah. I think I think my biggest letdown in general, and it's not, again, I don't want to compare this game to Breath of the Wild because I feel like that's not fair, mm-hmm. but I feel like there should have been more of a focus of of exciting things to discover. It is exciting that in the very beginning of the game, you can run into dangerous Pokemon that will straight up wreck you. Mm-hmm. Um, that level of freedom is really exciting because you've never, even in Sword and Shield, I remember running into an Onyx that was like level 40 or like a Steelix. And I was like, oh, cool. I'm going to catch him. He's probably going to kill me in the process. But if I can manage to catch this level 41 Steelix, then I'll have a powerhouse in my team. And then they're like, yeah, but you can't catch a Pokemon that level. And you're like, what? Why can I run into him then? Yeah. Um, and finally they fixed that. But, I don't know. It it felt like once you did all of the story stuff, you're like, oh, there isn't really anything exciting to find in this world. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I like, agree. And, and once, like, I don't know, I can picture any of those areas and I have them mapped out in my brain very well. And you can explore the whole map. You can go from one end to the other in any area in like a minute and a half with Braviary. And there's just nothing in them except for the, the Pokemon. Like, right. There's, there's not really secrets to find. There's nothing exciting to find except for more Pokemon. And that was like a letdown for me. Like the world feels a little bit like, you know? Yeah, definitely. I, I totally agree with that. Because like especially especially because they did open this world up a lot from what Pokemon was. And so like you feel like you should have that and you don't get it. 
and that 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 is kind of a letdown i get that um the other thing that kind of irks me and this might be this might be like petty and small the other thing that really irks me about this game is how lazy some of the new names and designs feel like all that quillfish you were talking about yeah like quillfish has a new evolution and it it's called Overquill, which I kind of like the name, but when you look at it, it just looks like a really big quillfish. It looks the same. The other one that really bothers me is the, so they have a regional form of Sneasel, which is cool. That evolves into a Pokemon called Sneasler. Sneasel evolves into Sneaseler. Like, it just feels so lazy to me. Like, just call it like, yeah, Sneasel two, like that's what it feels like. It just feels so lazy. It even looks lazy. Like they basically just made Sneasel a furry. Like they just made him taller. The exciting sequel to Sneasel, Sneasel two, and and not that this is new for Pokemon, but it's it's getting worse. I feel like like Porygon in Gen two or Gen one gets an evolution called Porygon two, and like it kind of makes sense because it looks like computery and then they give it a new evolution called porygon z and like that line almost makes sense because it's like you 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 literally use an item called upgrade and like it's computerized looking like that kind of makes sense but to take a pokemon named sneasel and add er onto it and be like this is a new pokemon it's not just, even er just r they added one letter wait seriously yes so i didn't Sne- even notice that sneasel yeah, Sneasel has an E, I'm pretty sure, oh, at the end. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's even worse. That's even worse. I know. Uh, oh, no, I think I'm I think I'm wrong, because there is an E, but it's, it's S-N-E-A-S-E-L. So oh they flipped the L and the E and then added R. <laughs> yeah. So I get, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, that's really funny. I, you know, they didn't bother me as explicitly as they bother you, but now that you're pointing them out, I'm like, yeah, those aren't super great. It's just, it just feels <laughs> so lazy. Um, and yeah. like Basque Legion is another one. Like, I, I don't know why Basque Legion bothers me so much. I think it's just because it's it goes from Basculin to Basque Legion. Like they added a syllable or two. They added two syllables. Like that's it. He 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 doesn't yeah. he doesn't look any different. He looks like a big basculine, you know. Like just do something different with the design. Like Cleavor, I like Cleavor because you have Scythor, which has scythes for hands. You have Scizor, which has little scissors for hands, and then you have Cleavor, which has little cleaves for hands. Like that makes sense, and the designs are interesting and different enough from the other ones. But Overquill is just a big quillfish. <laughs> You know, I think I would fight you on Basque Legion. I think not only is he a cool design, I think he fits the style of the world, like the way his tail swirls and stuff. I think he's a good evolution, personally. That one I would push back on. Yeah, and and I I'd, and I'd probably let you have that because yeah. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll but you're not the biggest fan of the evolutions in general, is what you're saying. Yeah, they just felt really lazy to me. Which I Yeah, they just felt like whatever. Which I really shouldn't be surprised about, truthfully. Um But it's a it's a little bit of a letdown because you know, they're like, Oh, like new evolutions are coming, and you're like, Oh, neat. Like I can't wait to see what those look like. And a couple of them are just like 
Here's a taller. Yeah, here's a taller Sneasel. You got to give it up for Growlithe, though. I mean, come on. <sighs> yes. Well, got to give it up for Growlithe. And that's and that's different. Like I th- I actually think the regional forms look really cool. I I think uh, Hisuian Arcanine looks freaking awesome. I think it looks great. He's yes. He is. He's cool. He is aesthetically very pleasing. Like Growlithe. Growlithe is yeah. really cute. Arcanine looks dope. Um, who else has a regional form that I thought was cool? Um, Voltorb's fine. I like the pairing. I like Grass Electric. I think that was neat. Yeah, I thought he was cool too. Um, and I like, you know, I, I like regional Sneasel. I think that's an interesting pairing, but I just didn't care for the evolution. Um, I love what they did with the starters. I love what they did with the starters. Everything from these are older starters from different regions to also they have different regional forms. Like that's a really interesting idea to me. I love that. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. I thought they were cool. Um, yeah. I just really wish, like, as I thought about it more, it's like, I just wish the world felt more like there were just things to find in there. Like, can't you picture like, I don't know, there's a volcano Island on that one level, right? The water level. Mm-hmm. It's like, what if, what if there was a volcano that was like behind a mountain somewhere that you could stumble upon on accident, and it was like this huge labyrinth with like magmortars that were like really tough, and like I don't know if you fought this magmortar, you had access to a bigger part of the volcano, but then there was a stronger one at the end of that. So like, as you got stronger, you could come back and find more of it, or. I don't know, like anything. Like I feel like Pokemon Snap is a good example of like that feels like if Pokemon were alive. Like what if you found areas that looked like Pokemon Snap? Like fleshed oh, out. Yes. Um with like things to find. Or even like <clears throat> I don't know, what if you found like a whole blocked off area that was like a dark forest and it was filled with like a bunch of Bulbasaurs and like one giant alpha Venusaur that was like clearly the king of all the Bulbasaurs, which I might be remembering something from the original anime yep. as I say that. Yes. But <laughs> yeah, like things like that that felt like, oh, that makes sense that there would be like a clan of grass type Pokemon that are led by a Venusaur. But instead, you're just like find an area and you're like, oh, there was a uh, there was a uh, a starter here that I didn't know was here. Like I can catch a starter. <laughs> Like, but you never find an area that feels like, oh, this feels like a world that Pokemon would live in. You just find some more Pokemon kind of putzing around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I I agree with that. And like the closest it gets to that is like the beach where you have like a bunch of spheels and then a Walrin and you're like, oh, cool. Yeah, that's that's kind of feels cool. Yeah, oh, they're on the beach. Um, that makes sense. Can we talk about Paris for a minute, though? How come Paris is... <laughs> he's the true Arceus, is what Paris the, is. Like, forget about Arceus. Paris is the ruler of this land. Paris is the true <laughs> alpha. Like, forget forget your god Pokemon. Forget what you know about alphas. Like, Paris, every single one will come for you. It will come for you, and it will find you, and it will end you. He really does not care. If Paris saw Giratina, he'd be like, hey... Come at me, bro. Come at me. I don't even care. And he would he would kick his butt. Like he really does not care. You know what's you know what's <laughs> the funniest part about that for me is you like at one point I was I was walking around an area and I heard 
which is like that sound you get when a Pokemon's ready to attack you. And I looked around and I was like, where's this Pokemon? Like, I don't see, I don't see anything. And then Paris was just on me and I was like, Oh God. Yeah. I remember the first time I saw Paris and then I ran away and there were like three more and they were like, we are coming for you. And I was like, why, why is this happening? It's Paris. And like, you have to get far away. They will chase you. I was like, what? Which is cool. Like, I like that some Pokemon are really aggressive and some Pokemon are friendly. Like it's cool to discover like, Oh, you don't want to mess with Paris. Um, but most of them don't really feel unique like that. They kind of just feel like they're, hanging out yeah unless they're an alpha then you're kind of intimidated by them because you're like "Ooh, that might mess me up yeah it is cool to find an alpha early on mm-hmm. like the alpha tangrowth that's in the second area oh, and yeah. come back and catch him later same like, thing with that rapid it does feel cool yep actually i never found that rapid dash till like way late post game i just never wandered over there oh i i found him very early on and i made it a point to go back later and catch it because i was like yeah, I want that. Yeah, which it feels cool. That's kind of like the pinnacle of what this game offers, though, is alphas. Like, you might <laughs> see an alpha and you might catch them later, uh, but that's about the most exciting thing you're going to discover, and that's kind of it. Yeah, I agree with that. And, yeah, uh, I don't know. It, I, I feel... Like I said earlier, it it was so exciting when this game came out and everyone had awesome stuff to say about it. And there is awesome stuff to say about it. But I think it's the point where people are going to start having deeper conversations about like, where does this go next? What were things that were great? Uh, But I think the second one, whatever it is, is going to be super awesome. Do you have thoughts on what the second one is? I feel like you had a prediction. Oh, yeah. I thought it'd be interesting if they... Uh, stepped it back to the Hoenn region and did like a Legends Arceus Rayquaza or something. Mm, that'd be cool. I thought I thought that I'd would love be a to cool see, idea. I'd love to. Did you say Legends Arceus Rayquaza? Did I? Legends. <laughs> I don't know. Pokemon, I think you did. Oh yeah. I, you know what? I think I did. Pokemon Legends Rayquaza. Sorry. Yeah, I'd love it if they did a Pokemon Legends um, Ho Oh and Lugia because I really liked those legendaries. Uh, from when I was a kid, that would be exciting. Yeah, that would be really cool. I would, yeah, I'd be into that too. That'd be cool. I think part of it is like, and lots of people have this qualm, this isn't a hot take, but starting in Gen 3, the legendaries didn't feel like legendaries anymore because they were just a natural part of the story beats. So like, Dialga and Palkia don't feel exciting anymore. You just know that you're going to fight them and catch them. Right. Like, that's just what happens. Yeah. They f- but I- Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, you go. I was just going to say they feel very formulaic. Right. And <clears throat> I remember being a kid, and in the first game, the legendary birds are so exciting because you just have to stumble upon them. Same with Ho-Oh and Lugia. Um, they're not, like, forced cutscenes, so... Those feel more exciting to me, which is maybe why I think it would be exciting to see them take a yeah yeah take a, a center stage. Agreed. I don't know what I was going to say. I agree. Um, yeah. Something we had mentioned wanting to talk about in this episode because uh, you you asked me a very specific question while I was finishing the campaign. Um, you asked me if I had gotten Palkia or Dialga first, and you weren't sure how or why I got a different one than you. And I told you exactly why 
Uh, well, I, I told you I knew exactly why, and I wanted to talk about it on the podcast. Yes. So um, when you're faced with uh, Adaman and Arita, who did you pick to go with you? Oh, that's why. I think I picked the lady person. Yep. Which one's that? Uh, Arita. Yeah. Yep, that's exactly why. That that tells you what Pokemon you're going to get. Gotcha. That actually makes sense. It seems more obvious to me now that you say it that I didn't put that together. Mm-hmm. The second they made you make that choice, I, I knew exactly. And that's why I picked Adaman because I wanted Dialga. But I didn't know that they were going to give you Palkia also. Yeah, I I I didn't know anything. I just picked one. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that's cool. Shoot, yeah, you should. I would recommend finishing the Giratina mission and seeing what else you want to do, because I I think there is a fair bit of more legendaries and things to find. I I don't know, like. I don't know what else more there is to find that I didn't. I know they did drop that little shadow update of more missions. I did a little bit of that. I never saw the end of it. I'm sure there's another legendary. But that's like how I feel is I don't feel like, oh, I'm going to find something unexpected. I just know there's going to be some other legendary <laughs> that I just, you're going to get them, you know? Yeah, I think it would be cool if if there was something with a legendary and you're like, oh, like I, I honestly don't know what legendary this is. And it's a legendary from like a completely different Pokemon game. Like it's like Solgaleo or like Kyogre or, you know, someone really random that doesn't exist in the realm of like Diamond Pearl or Legends Arceus. Like just a completely random ass Pokemon that you're like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like it's this Pokemon. Yeah. I just don't want another legendary. Like, it's just not exciting. Do you get, I don't know if you got Cresselia, but that's one of the missions too. It's like, you got to go here. There's a thing. And then you go there and it's like, oh, it's Cresselia. And then you catch him. Yeah. Um, I haven't done <laughs> it's Cresselia like, yet. What do I, I was, need a Cresselia for? I was about to do the Darkrai one. I wanted to finish getting the plates because I figured that was probably Giratina. Um, and I think I have like three plates left. Yeah, I didn't do the Dark Ride one. What do you have to do to initiate that mission? I don't remember. They said there's some area, I think it's even in the village, there's some area where like this Pokemon is causing people to have nightmares um, mm, and they yeah. wanted you to investigate. So uh, I haven't I haven't made it to that point yet, but that's you know obviously Dark Ride. They're like, oh, it's a pitch black Pokemon that makes people have nightmares. You're like, oh, I wonder who it could be. Yeah. Thanks, Pokemon. Yeah, it's also guilty of a lot of the thing that a lot of open world games are, which is like, talk to this person, get this little dot on your map, walk to the dot on your map. Like, that's what every mission in this game is. There really is nothing to find on accident or stumble upon. Mm -hmm. It's just talk to this person. They'll tell you where to go. Go to that place. Yeah. Yeah. And that. Yeah. That's a little bothersome to me, too. Like, it just it feels like. This feels like an open world game that was made 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, it certainly looks like it was made 10, 15 years ago. Yes. <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah. So so I'm I'm glad I, I'm glad and surprised that we kind of landed on the exact same place with this game, which is that like we liked it. It was exciting. There's a lot to like about it, but in the end 
there's kind of a lot that we found problematic and let us down. I, I had a feeling you would be more excited about it than me. I'm surprised to hear you had as many problems with it. I, I wouldn't have had as many problems with it if they weren't such glaring problems. <laughs> yeah, there's no getting around the problems. Yeah. Yeah, like, I just, I don't want to see, like, the grid that the game was made on in a finished game. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, not to get too deep, but it's like, it feels like more of a letdown because... This this game is so fresh and new that it's the first time you feel hope. It's the first time we felt hopeful that Pokemon <laughs> might be different. Like it's the you felt hopeful that maybe this time when we do get back together, maybe things will be great this time. <laughs> and then you're like, nope, same old Pokemon, <laughs> same old BS. We did it, everybody. Ru Pokemon made it to Breath of the Wild status, and it's like, just kidding. Yeah, that that is maybe because I don't know. Let's face it, I liked Sword and Shield, but I knew that Sword and Shield was going to be the same BS Pokemon did, and like I had, I I'll be the first one not to defend Sword and Shield, but I'll be the first one to be like, yeah, I liked it. Who cares? Mm -hmm. Like, it was fun. Like, you know, you don't play Pokemon for for groundbreaking new experiences. You play Pokemon for comfort and for a familiar experience and a comforting world. And that's what sword and shield was. And that's what gen nine is going to be too. Like I'm kind of excited for the open world, but like, I don't really care that much if they change it or not, because that's what Pokemon is. Like, I don't need it to be breathtaking or groundbreaking or whatever. I just want it to be comfortable and fun. And I want them to, to keep it fresh. Right. But this was the first time that it was like, oh, maybe things will be different. Maybe they, maybe they've taken a hard look at themselves. Nope, they took a it's still, they took a little look at themselves, but it wasn't a hard one. Yeah, and I think, I think, not to give the developers a hard time because I think the developers of the game took a hard look at themselves, but the executives were like, yeah, but you still only have like twelve months to put the game together, and they're like, come on. <laughs> Can we at least like, use the same engine Breath of the Wild was made on? No! No! What do you think? We're part of Nintendo? <laughs> yes, we are part of Nintendo. We, we absolutely are part of Nintendo. We are literally part of Nintendo. <laughs> Except we make more money than the entirety of Nintendo by itself. Somehow. Nope. It's like, you know what? Just for throwing a fuss, you only have 10 months to put the game together now. Oh, Jesus! Do you want to make it nine? <laughs> and then they just put their heads down and start drawing out Sneasler. <laughs> They're is, like, we'll just add an R, I guess. This is, <laughs> make it white. This is Sneasler. He's taller than Sneasel. And he has uh, one additional letter. Sneasler. And the execs are like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I was counting my uh, wallet full of hundreds. Sure, that'll yeah, work. Sure, yeah, whatever. That's good. Just pump it. <laughs> That's good. Whatever. As long as we keep selling plushies to these kids. Uh, <laughs> Ugh, no joke. Wow. We have we have become a bunch of old, cynical men oh, stop who it. should not be playing Pokemon. <laughs> we These games are not for us. Can I also say that? Yes, like, yes. I know I'm we're being aware. silly. Yeah, like... 
I we're being old cynical men, but we're also just doing it, it like to jest as in fun. Like these games are for kids and they do their job well and it's whatever. You know what I mean? It's Pokemon. Right. Yeah. They're not they're not for us, but we play them and these are the things we observe. Yeah, and we like to talk about them and we're friends and we live uh states apart and that's the premise of the show. So we're gonna talk about it. So uh speaking of the show should we announce our baby got backlogs for next week. We should. I, I next next episode. Next episode. I yeah, I think we should because we've I think we've harped on this poor game enough for today. Yes, but we had fun doing it and that's what matters. That's what the show's about. It's about fun and talking smack on games we love. It's about friendship and positivity. If you say if you say anything otherwise, I swear to God, I will come over there and smack you. I will come over there and give you a hug. If you disagree with anything we said today, please email us at hallwaygaming at gmail.com. With two Ys. <laughs> Directed to Trevor. Yeah. Oh, hallway gaming with two Ys, yes. Hallway. Way. Hallway. All right, so uh, Trevor, why don't you go ahead and tell everyone what my Baby Got Backlog is going to be for next time. Next time next time on Baby Got Backlog, Andy plays Solar 2. Which is a... Uh, a video game. A, spe- a video game. <laughs> wow, really? How specific? Uh, it is a planet simulator. You fly around as a planet and try and get bigger and become galaxies and stuff, right? Uh, yeah. Is there anything specific I should do or try and accomplish, or should I just have fun with it? I, I, I say just have fun with it. There is a point at which, like, you start opening up like campaigns and things to do, but you don't have to get to that point if you don't want to. It's it's easy to get to that point if you want, but but I'm not gonna make you do it. I'm anticipating that I will because I remember seeing this game and I love I love it as a concept. So. Yeah, we'll see where it goes. Okay. And uh, what about me? What, what do you got for me? So you are going to play Slay the Spire. Me. Have you heard of Slay the Spire? Not until today. So I think you'll like it. I have no idea. Uh, you have a couple choices of where to get it. Um, Slay the Spire is a roguelike, but it is a card. It's a card deck builder game. So you play as a character and it's just like a regular roguelike um where you're trying to get through all the dungeons but the gameplay is done with cards and deck building so you have like cards that let you do attacks or defend or whatever um i think you'll like it i'm buying it right now so well before you get it on mobile you have a couple choices cuz oh. I personally got it on mobile which was a terrible idea for my productivity because oh my god if you get into this game it can so suck you in and you if you have it on your phone you just play it all the time um but it is available on PlayStation Xbox and Switch so oh. um I personally recommend the mobile, but with a hard warning that is, if you really like it, it might destroy all of your free time. <laughs> Maybe I'll get it on Xbox just to show my Xbox some love. Yeah, you could. Um, I think mobile's a great place to play it, but that's just my disclaimer. <laughs> okay, noted. Cool. So uh, next time on Baby Got Backlog, Slay the Spire and Solar 2 
which is going to be a very cash, cash gaming episode, very cash experience. Yeah, real laid back, not a lot of pressure, you know. Yeah, you know, no press, just games, games that are fun, easy, easy to get into, easy to, easy to lay back with, you know, relax, do your thing. That's right. That is totally right. Well, uh, my name's Andy. And I'm Trevor. And uh, this has been Baby Got Backlog. We will see you next time. See you, babies.